Hello and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 72. I'm your host, Cameron Schuster, and with me is... James Seelig. James, today is still Sunday, November 1st. It is about 1.36 in the afternoon. Uh, we just finished recording episode 71. That's right. Uh, we did these back-to-back. <laughs> uh, if you're listening to this uh, on a Monday or something, I uh, normally record this on a Saturday or Sunday, but uh, this past Saturday... Uh, I would have been in extra life gaming for 24 hours, and Sunday I would be sleeping majority of the day because I would be dead from gaming 24 hours, because that is exhausting. But hopefully I raised a lot of money uh, for the children's hospital. I know for sure I at least, obviously, I'm we're recording this before it happens, so I'm not sure how much I've, I've raised, but I know for sure because I got a special match from Microsoft for doing this, I got at least $600 minimum. Which isn't a, it's not a bad start, but you know, James, I'm hoping I got more than that on an individual level. I also got my full group. I was the captain of a full team, so hopefully we re-raised a lot. I'm hoping, but we'll see. Tune in to find out. Yeah, tune tune in to find. Please, I hope you have watched. If, if you didn't watch my stream, uh, fuck you. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. But <laughs> you piece what, of shit, you, you hate not, kids. What you are you like not kids? a charitable person or something? What's wrong with you, you selfish bastard? We also uh, after this. Uh, after this, we also, who knows who the president is either? <laughs> so, yeah, also that. <laughs> oh my god, I think that'll be good, because if we had recorded this right after that, it would be a, who knows what kind of mood it would be. I don't really know, so we, we're in complete unknown state of who the president is yet either, so it's a interesting prospect to think about, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. I keep seeing Joe Biden uh, tweet out, like, how many days are left till the election, and it's just like... Dude, I know I like you. You're so, you're a nice guy, but it sounds like you're counting down to when the ring girl's gonna kill me. Okay. Donald's gonna no come comment. through the the screen and fucking scream. Coronavirus you're fired. At you're fired. You're, it's over. You're done. <laughs> I, don't, I fucking got it. All right. All right. Uh, this is Sutra Side Talk. This is a show where we talk about uh, games, movie, and TV news. Usually, what we're uh, all a specific news that we can really go in depth on, and then we'll follow it up with uh, what we've been playing and watching. And uh, before we... Well, actually, I'll just say it now. Uh, this is a special episode. Uh, this episode, there's no news, because we're recording this before, so we've already talked about uh, that week's news in episode 71. This episode will be entirely a full catch-up of what we've been playing and what we've been watching, and we're going to knock out as much as we can, uh, and we'll stop between an hour and an hour and a half, somewhere around that time but we're going to see how much we can just throw in there to kind of lighten yeah. the load of what we've had on the back burner to talk about. Because for me, uh, the games I at least were, it was able to catch up with throughout the quarantine to talk about, um, like not too badly behind in terms of like what I've gotten done, but for movies, uh, we're talking like all the way back yeah. to like April, May right now. So it's a very fat list of yeah. uh, shows and movies. I got to talk about. It's kind of the same for me. Like my video game list, like I keep mentioning that I I've been playing Destiny and that's really the only thing that I've played extensively for a while. I mean Ghost of Tsushima is on my list, but we have it. We're gonna have a special episode to talk about that once we get through the multiplayer stuff. Uh, other than that, like I don't really feel like talking about like Persona Five or League of Legends because like, I mean I played League of Legends like months and months ago. I haven't played it since, and Persona Five I still haven't finished, so I don't feel like talking about that fully. Uh, yeah. So I got like maybe one game I might talk about. Damn. But, but like it, it's still gonna movies. be busy. 
Yeah, we're, we'll, we'll be switching off, so I'll say one and James will say one, and we'll go back and forth pretty much until we... Uh, I, I don't... It's, guys, there's so much here that we're not going to get them all done, but this is just to lighten the load a bit. For sure. Before we do get to it, though, uh, I will say uh, we we did fuck up in the last episode. We said we wanted to talk a little bit about the... We did talk about it in the beginning, just it was unfortunate, you know, Sean Connery had passed away. Yeah. And he, at least, though, lived in 90... He was around his family when it happened. He went peacefully, and he was in the Bahamas, so not a not a bad place to be at. It's about as best as you can expect. Yeah, but uh, of course, uh, we wanted to talk about it because we. it is still the same day, though. This is still technically Dia de Muertos. It is the Day of the Dead, and uh, we just wanted to briefly kind of talk about, you know, he, he, was a fun, he was a great actor. He did a lot of great work, and... A lot of his films are very iconic, especially for us. Like all of it, he will live on through his movies, just like any other actor or actress will when they pass. But oh yeah, for us, James, easily the most iconic James Bond, in my opinion. uh, Are you a Brosnan fan? (laughs) I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a Daniel Craig boy. I'm sorry. uh, Daniel Craig has become the goat for me. Uh, But you know that's neither. He's not bad. It's just the. There's something about Sean Connery's uh, the 007. That... Well, he's the defining one. He's the one that kind of made it happen because it's like he he made the he made the molding for James Bond where it's mm-hmm. like I oh, was shot, baby, and it's like Shake I got the babe. Yeah, it's he's the one that started it all. Of course, he's got that special place. Like when you think of like if you ever put James Bond in the museum, of course it's gonna be the Sean Connery version. Like oh, that's yeah. just what's gonna happen. But, like, for me, it's just my definitive is Daniel Craig just from the films he's done. Those are, like, my de facto films. Like, those are the only ones I want to own. The mm-hmm. rest I'm, like, I could watch on TV or whatever. But, yeah, he, uh, Sean Connery did the most James Bond movies. And he really did define all of that, especially when, like, you know, I think things weren't the best with Russia. So, you know, he had a lot of the Russian stuff in there. And, you know, he's a secret agent that's going on all these cool missions and had all these fun gadgets and he was just uh he was the ladies man he was like the dude who just got all he got all the ladies and uh <laughs> the fucking hairiest of chests i'll say uh he's fucking all over the place but he was great in that role uh he was also in the rock as like yeah. a ex-military sas guy and he was fantastic in that just <laughs> fucking knocking out military terrorists and shit he was plus his in... co-star was like uh, Nicholas no, Cage. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Fantastic. He was I forget the character's name, but he was the Spaniard in Highlander. Yeah. And that's such a fun role for him. That was like like watching him in that role was so much fun. And he also uh, he was the most he was the dap he was the most dapper of men in that uh, movie because his he had the best outfits. Like the, the the Spanish outfits were fantastic. Didn't he also voice the dragon in Braveheart? No, not Braveheart. Braveheart. Sorry, sorry. Oh, uh, the sh- shit. What was that movie? Was it called Dragonheart? Dragon, Dragonheart. Shit. What the fuck? Know. What is wrong with it? I don't know. I don't know. You're high as hell. Like I, I said in the last episode, I haven't had the best sleep in the last few days, so I'm like a little bit out of it. That's that's. Hey, that's my job. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember what the dragon movie is. But yeah, I think he did voice a dragon at one point. But he. It, it was Dragonheart. Sh- you're right. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. But he's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, for me, of course, though, his most iconic role and the most impactful 
is that of Henry Jones in oh, Indiana absolutely. Jones and the Last Crusade. That movie, honestly, is one of my top films of all time. It means a lot to me. And uh, actually, Sean Connery says one of the... My, my absolutely favorite movie quote of all time. Uh, it is actually one I do try to take its advice of because it is one uh, as... As someone who uh, has crazy, insane lists, James, of, like, things to watch, things to play, backlog lists, like, I don't know why I'm the way I am, but I have, like, a very weird completionist mindset that over time I've improved from. Like, I'm not an insane trophy or an achievement whore as I used to be. Uh, I don't buy as much as I used to, but there's still a massive amount, but I've, at least I'm not as bad as I was before. I'm still bad, but I'm just not as bad. And it is also partially thanks to that movie, ironically. Uh, or not ironically, but it, it's it's interesting the reason for it, though. Um, the reason... The, the thing that actually does help me whenever I do need to purge or... Uh, like, purge the shit I own. Uh, knock things out of my, like, just letting go of things in general. Is because of that movie. Because, you know, James, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade... Uh, Indy is going after the, uh, the cup of Christ, right? It's the, mm-hmm. the Holy Grail, the Holy Grail, Holy Grail. I forgot what the name was, uh, you, were close. Shit. you know, you know, yeah. Uh, but, uh, he goes after the Holy Grail and at the very end, he's about to get it and he's going to grab it, but he's risking his life for it. Already Elsie, this, uh, Austrian uh, woman who is his love interest, tried to reach for it and dies. Indy's doing now the same thing. And he's like, is it worth your life? All this stuff. And it's like, I have to have it. I need to have it. And uh, Henry Jones, Sean Connery, is just like, Indiana, let it go. Just let it go. He just says, Indiana, let it go. And that is one of my favorite quotes of all time. Uh, it, it just It's something I need to just hear in my head. Or I'll watch that movie again before I go through a purge. And I just watch it again. And I get to that point. And I just think, because I honestly am a very... James, it's hard to believe, James. I'm a very materialistic person. So, which, you know, is not necessarily the best thing. Sometimes it does kind of take over things that should be more important in your life. And whenever I watch this movie, it does help me kind of bring me back to the world again and put things into perspective and makes me really think. And I go, do I really need this? Do I need to keep this? Do I need to buy that? Do I need to really be doing this specifically right now? And it it really does help me uh, as a person uh, and it does impact my life. Mm. So I do want to thank Sean Connery for saying that quote and keeping that quote in my head. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that movie for different reasons is also just like one of my favorite movies of all time. It's definitely my favorite uh, Indiana Jones movie. It, I mean, maybe not necessarily exactly, or just because of Sean Connery in it, but he definitely is a huge part of it because he, he's just such a great character and so fun to watch in that. Like, I, I love the scene where they get to the crossroads of, like, do we go back to Venice or do we go to Berlin? <laughs> and it's just like, oh, yeah. we need to go to Berlin. We need to get my journal back. It's like, what? why? Like, because it has, like, all the information that we need. It's like, what, you couldn't just remember that stuff? He's like, I wrote it down so I wouldn't have to remember it. It's fucking hilarious. I love it. Yeah, no, he takes down a plane great. with like a flock of seagulls. <laughs> Who I, uh, I I did a dude I did a sound project on that once. It was, it was yeah. so fun. 
yeah, yeah. I did that specific scene. It was insane. Uh, all right. So that's our little tribute to Sean Connery. But, you know, he did fantastic work. Uh, also, yeah, I forgot he did Hunt for the October. That's another great one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's countless others, but those are like the main ones that always come to my mind. But with that said, James, let us get into what we've been playing and what we've been watching. I want to I want to start us off. Uh, I'll, I'll start with uh, a movie I watched quite some time ago. One of my buddies uh, did like anime Sundays for a bit. Like during, I think earlier in the quarantine, early in the spring, we were actually having like a full film schedule, like Thursday through Sunday. And it worked for like, I want to say like maybe a few weeks to a month before it started falling apart. Guess who was the only one that was able to maintain their movie day? Me. I yeah. maintained my hosting day, James because of the power uh first film here though uh, my friend showed me a movie called the boy and the beast and it's an anime film about this uh boy who gets sucked into uh, I, th- I forget i think his mom dies and he doesn't want to live with like this family and he winds up going into like a crazy animal world where they're like the animals are, like, walking around like people. They're dressed like people, but they're animals. And it's not, like, furry shit. It's not any of that stuff. It's, like, actually just, like, regular animals that they just, like, like they talk and act like people. And it's really cool. And he gets raised by this bear as this apprentice, uh, like, a, an apprentice fighter. And it, it just has a really awesome premise of, I guess, like, bonding relationships and how there's, you know, kids that are outcasts to society or people that are outcasts to society and just kind of breaking through, and it's like the you know ki- the kids that I, the people that have nothing rise to greatness, whereas the people that have everything maybe are still missing things because even though they have like oh uh, they have the family they have the the wealth the power the status there might be something missing or they're getting neglected in maybe the most important way so it turns them into the completely wrong person that they should be, and then you get the whole like. Uh, evil character i guess you could say i don't want to spoil too much because it's, it's a fantastic film but uh the animation itself was really good and as someone who i still like at least compared to a lot of my friends um very uh much in the early shallows of anime uh i'm still getting into a lot of it which i think i have i might be able to get to some others here i'm not too sure yet it's me mainly monster movie talk james mm-hmm. but uh there's just uh, a lot in it that made me appreciate and want to get further into like trying different types of like I guess genres in it just because you know on the basis of like maybe someone that doesn't watch anime the average person may look at anime as a genre where anime itself is just a platform and within it is actually all the genres you'd find for like a cartoon or film or something like, oh, yeah. it has its own giant set of things. And this this was actually the movie that made me realize that more so because uh, just how interesting it is as a combo of, like... It felt like a combo of um, Karate Kid, uh, like, old, like, sensei movies and stuff, but also uh, those movies where the kid goes into a new world or gets lost in some... Like, I guess, like, what would it be? Like, Chronicles of Narnia, Hook, stuff like that. It gives that kind of vibe, especially because it does still bring the human world in, too, at the same time at certain points. So it makes things really, really interesting, uh, the way they pull it all off. And 
just how they expand on these relationships between all the characters, whether they're animal characters or human animal characters. And it's just, it's, it's such a good time, dude. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I will say if you do watch it, uh, definitely watch it in Japanese. It's another film that it's, it's like, you don't you just, just read the subtitles. It's worth it. Uh, just because it, I think it keeps it more alive. Uh, some dubs are great, but it just, the, the subs are just more enjoyable to say the least. Uh, yeah. For most of those, unless it's Gundam, Gundam, it, it depends for Gundam. <laughs> right. But uh, that's the boy and the beast. Uh, I also say the animation is so crisp, like they really bring out the humanistic uh, style of like the bear has like a you can tell the bear has a mustache, James, and oh, like huh. yeah, like a very uh, a Japanese style mustache. So it's not like one of those mm. really thick ones that like maybe a white dude would have but it's like those more thin uh ones that you would see uh in japan more so and they do really get that type of detail in there for each of the characters and it's always fun to see james the difference between the quality of uh film anime versus show anime like it's really insane uh you could always tell i guess the same thing with the cartoon but yeah it's it's a good time i'd highly recommend it if you are someone that enjoys anime if not um, I don't know if you'd like it, but I think it's a it's a really sweet story that is just really it's not it's it's pretty innocent. It's really fun. It's not something that's like really really mature, but it, it's a uh, it's a good for most age movie. I would say for sure. Hmm. Right. Yeah. What's your what's your first thing? So I'll probably knock out that one game that I have on my list that I have actually finished, and that would be Ori in the Blind Forest. So I, I've heard rantings about the Ori games for like a long, long time. And they're on uh, Game Pass, so I figured I'd give them a shot. So, so far, like I, I think I played through like half of the second one. I, I mean to get back to it at some point, but it's one of those things where I probably should have played something else in between Ori 1 and 2. Because just by the time I was done with Ori 1, I was just like, I think I'm good on this but there's a sequel, so let's just get that story out of the way. And they changed up a lot of the mechanics between 1 and 2. Uh, so 1 has a pretty simplistic uh, battle system. Not actually battle system, but like you have this like floating spirit thing that follows you, and it kind of just like auto-attacks anything near you when you hit the attack button. So it, there's not much um, strategy or skill involved in combat is just the majority of the uh challenge in that game came from the platforming which at times was really really good but there so there were three moments in that game where you need to basically the whole shtick of the game is you're trying to bring balance back to the forest because something went wrong a while ago and now darkness is taking over the forest. Everything's kind of out of whack. You need to bring water, fire, and wind back to the forest or, or something like that. Uh, and every time you un- you reconnect one of those primordial um, elements to the forest, it does this really intense platforming segment where you got to like rush to the exit or, or else you die. And I hated them. They were so like the the margin for error on them was so small so, uh, sometimes, and they would just like throw obstacles at me that sometimes it took me a few deaths. Hold on, excuse me. 
took, it took me a few deaths to actually like see what I was supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So it just be uh, so sometimes it was like exhilarating how good the uh, platforming was, and other times just frustrating how perfect you needed to be, and it would just throw things at you so fast you had no time to react. So there was almost no chance that you would get through those in your first go. It would re- require like a lot of dying, going, and there was no checkpoints for uh, for those uh, platforming segments. So you, so if you failed like at the very end. You had to do the whole thing over again. So I see what they were trying to go with, but it's just, it seemed unfair at times. The, how quickly I needed to see what I was supposed to do, react to it and do it the right way that it just didn't feel right or whatever, or it just, it didn't seem fair. And overall, the story was pretty generic. It wasn't that amazing. It had some interesting stuff at the end where like the the whole game you're being hunted by this owl thing which seems to be like not necessarily the source of darkness but just like it prefers the dark so it's trying to prevent you from uh bringing the light back mm-hmm. and there were some touching moments towards the end uh involving that owl kind of like changing its mind or whatever and there was a lot in it about like not exactly self-sacrifice, but like what you would do for your loved ones and that kind of stuff I thought was really great. And, uh, but I mean, early on there was like a death for a character that I was like, Oh, that's so sad. That's tragic. And it like almost got a tear out of me. And then like hours later, it's like, Oh no, that person's fine. Now we found a thing to fix them. It's like, Oh, well then why did I care? (laughs) I don't know. So so far I'm I'm liking the second one a lot more. It's it's much more open. So like the first one it's it's very both are very Metroidvania style where there's like a map that you go through and you get upgrades to help you get through the next areas and stuff like that. The first game was very linear, but the second one it's more like after you get through the mostly linear opening, it's like okay, now here's your like many objectives go do them and there's a lot of like side quests and stuff so it feels like a much more open game they put a lot more effort into the combat system so there's more variety to it like i said i haven't finished it yet so i can't give my final thoughts on it but so far i think ori and the will of the wisps is a much much better game than the first one like i don't understand why ori and the blind forest got such a huge fanfare when it feels like the only thing that's really unique about it is its art style and other than that, Ori 1 is just, like, a decent platformer with a generic story, but, like, a good art style. The second one is actually legitimately enjoyable, though. I, I do eventually want to get to those games. It's like when I finally... <laughs> James, in a world where the backlogs are gone, and I'm just like, I'm going to go look and see what's on Xbox Game Pass. Like, There's that's, so many things. <laughs> I know. That, uh, that's probably... Uh, I don't even know what I'm like. A stupid part of me was like, I should just go in the order of the oldest games on there to the newest. And mm-hmm. I was like, I will die. Because yeah. uh, uh, one of the things I thought about was like Rare Replay. And I'm like, oh, God. Oh, there's like 30 games, games in that one game, though. Yeah. So that's uh, I instantly threw that idea out the window. <laughs> I'll just it'll basically be whatever that I think Game Pass is going to be where it's going to be like. um, Whatever 
I, I'm feeling in the mood for. Yeah, that, I think that's what Game Pass is best for. Is like there's so many games of so many different varieties that it's just like, what do I feel like playing right now? Yeah. So, but that that's cool. Uh, I I eventually want to get to it. And how? Because I heard the difficulty in those games are high how long would you say it takes you to go through them usually i literally 100 percented ori one in like 10 hours okay so it's not that long uh the second one like i said i i'm not all the way through it feels like a much longer game because it's not quite as linear and really the only truly difficult things about the first one like i said were those incredibly punishing platforming segments so far, there's been, like, one or two of those, like, r- quick platforming segments that I've done in the second one, but it feels like they give you a lot more time to react to the obstacles in your way, so it feels much more fair, and I was, I was like, after I got through the first one, I was like, that was actually really fun, and not like, oh, finally, I'm done. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Next up, James. What what what's next in my bag of movies? Oh, it's Godzilla nineteen fifty four, the original. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. So the one that started it all. Uh, keep in mind, of course, James. I'm getting into literally. It's pretty much majority of the next like movies are all like monster movies. It's going to be pretty pretty deep with them. But uh, Godzilla nineteen fifty four. I've seen this movie. <sighs> I don't, I don't know how many times I've seen this movie. But I've definitely seen it in English more than I've seen it in Japanese. In Japanese, I've probably only seen it three or four times. Whereas English, I've probably seen it like 20 times. Uh, and watching the Japanese, it's always interesting watching the Japanese cut versus the American cut. Because uh, these are the only, this is the only movie really where you actually get two versions. The American cut is slightly longer because... To appeal to American audiences, they added a white character who is like oh, the really? one who he's supposed to be like the perspective of the audience. Mm. He he kind of is the one that bridges it for everyone because so it's like they it's, literally shoehorned in some random dude. They made new scenes and put this dude in, yeah. <sighs> and it does it does work because to an extent because like King it, originally like um, if you watch them both like the original 1954 and it's called like in J- Japan it's like Gojira and uh, it's like g-o-j-i-r-a and in america it's godzilla and the american version of that film is called godzilla king of the monsters and hence we get that 2018 uh, 2019 oh. movie yeah huh. and uh this one you know they have that uh white character who is also he's an american white character who is supposed to be the uh, he is supposed to be the audience. He's supposed to be the one witnessing everything. So you have someone to relate to when you're watching it because, you know, it's the 1950s. It's been less than a decade after the war and it's a Japanese film in America. And yeah. it's a little bit different. So it works and everything, but it's always fun to watch the original Japanese cut because it feels a lot more natural. It doesn't feel as artificial. And I mean, the, the American cut does a good job, but just it's not it's still in, an inferior product to the Japanese version. That's what it sounds and, like. Yeah. And watching it through it and everything, it's always just fun to rewatch it, especially like, um, this was the start of me going through again. Like when I was in Savannah, Georgia at school and at SCAD, uh, we would do monster movie. So we do Godzilla Sundays where I would show every Sunday, I'd show two Godzilla movies back to back in English with my, to my friends 
and we got through all of them at the time. This is like after 2014 came out. So ah, uh, I know uh, this is a stupid cheesy joke, but you should have done it on Friday so you could have said like, "Thank God, uh, thank Godzilla, it's Friday." <laughs> oh, I hate you. Uh, and dad jokes. Womp womp. <laughs> Uh, this is still before Shin Godzilla came out at the time when I did it. Now, though, uh, we had, you know, I, I've said it before that we started this off because Legendary and Nerdist teamed up and did, like, a, yeah. during early quarantine, did a watch-along for Godzilla 2014, fun. Kong Skull Island, and Godzilla King of Monsters. And, you know, this is before, like, this is before two delays of Godzilla versus King Kong, I think. And um, it was everything hyping up, and we did it, like, every Thursday, and because we were able to already schedule it that way, that's when we started doing the monster movies. And we, I think we did uh, Shin Godzilla, then we talked about Rain of Fire, and this is like the third movie we did it for. And I like then made a schedule where it's like, oh, every other week we'll do a Godzilla movie in Japanese, and then we'll do uh, an old kaiju movie that's related to it. So like, you know, uh, Mothra, Rodan, all those other ones that were like the one shots, you know? And we'd also do a more modern horror, a more modern monster movie after, like the Reign of Fire and stuff like that. Mm, that was like mm. uh, just something else. And that's pretty much what we'll be talking about a lot of uh, through this list. But uh, yeah, 1954, everyone was there for. It was like one of the more packed groups I got to host and everyone enjoyed it. Uh, back to you, James, because uh, it's like not too much to say just because I'm going to be running rush. I'm going to be going through a bunch of them. And it'll be more snippets about those specifically, whereas, like, I'll probably be a little bit more in-depth on the more standalone, not Godzilla movies. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Oh, I could cross the boys off my list. I forgot we already talked about that. Okay. But uh, anyway, uh, I think seeing as it's Dia de los Muertos, I will talk about how I finally watched Coco, like, uh, a couple months ago? Maybe a month ago? Time is weird now. Dude, that movie, Yay. like, I don't cry often. But that movie fucking got me. Remember like, me, dude. That I like. I I was like literally just thinking about that scene the other day and was like about to tear up because it's just like the look the look on his grandma's face when she like remembers her dad for the first time in like probably fucking decades. I was just like, uh, you got me. Oh my god, you got me. Like shit, I'm tearing up right now just a little bit. Like dude, like and. I, so, okay, they got me pretty early in the movie when they, so, like, the kid's like, oh, I love this guitarist. He's, like, the best guitarist in the world. I want to be just like him. And then he finds out that, like, the uh, family photo of his, like, gr- his granddad or great-granddad, I forget uh, who, exactly what generation he was, but he uh, noticed, like, oh, my God, was am I related to this guy? Because the picture has that guy's guitar. And so I was like, oh, that's interesting. And so he goes to the uh, afterworld or the afterlife accidentally uh, goes and meets that guy. And I guess spoilers for Coco. Cause I mean, this movie came out years ago and I'm like way late on it anyway. But like, so I kind of saw, uh, I saw that like the, there was going to be something bad about, the guitarist like he wasn't gonna be as great as he seemed to be because it's it never is that simple but i did not see the twist coming that the reason why the guitar was in the picture was because he was related to like the skinny dude with like the goatee and everything and like the one who had like no one on the uh back in the homeworld that 
or not homeworld, the living world that remembered him. And it's like, oh, it's because literally there, like his wife tried to destroy any like memory of him after he yep. left because she thought that he just like left and never came back. And so not only did, uh, was this kid, like he is really to the person who owned that guitar, but he was the the partner of that, of the super famous guitarist who stole all his music, literally even stole his guitar, left him for dead because he just wanted to like go home and be with his family. And it's just, it's so tragic. And just like the, the, the moment where he's like about to fade away because it's like, it's been so long, no one remembers him, and his daughter, his his daughter is like dying because she's so old, and he, uh, just the I don't know, I I'm gonna gush about it for a while if I don't stop myself, but just that emotional crescendo, of that movie fucking got me so hard. Like if you haven't watched Coco, I mean today is as good a day as any. It's it oh, okay to be fair. By the time you listen to this, it's gonna be like yeah, a week it's gonna be after. like it's two weeks later, bro. <laughs> but like if you're still in the mood to watch. Uh, something Dia de los Muertos related. Coco is a phenomenal movie. It is one of the best Pixar movies. Disney Pixar? Yeah, it was one of the best Pixar Pixar Pixar. movies that I have seen in a long, long time. And I cannot believe that I waited so long to watch it. Because, like, I heard people say, like, oh, wow, Coco was so good. It it made me tear up. And I was like, oh, I'll get to it eventually. I'm just not in the mood for a Pixar movie. And just one day I was like, you know what? I got nothing else to do. I'll watch it. And I was not disappointed. It was very, very, very well done. Yeah. Uh, I I remember um, one of my friends, he came out. <laughs> I won't say who, but one of my friends, I remember he came out of the theater and he's like, man, I don't even like my fucking grandma, but this movie got me good. <laughs> I was just fucking dying. I was like, oh my God, that's great. But no, it's a, it's, oh God, it's such a good movie. I, I, and someone who's Mexican too, I was like, finally we got a we got a Mexican movie. Also, <laughs> yeah, very... just the, the art design for the underworld or afterlife was like, I don't know what they called it. Like the afterlife was just like really cool. Like Yeah. I I they do I, a lot I, of great colors. I love the I love yeah. the uh Jaguar, the the Jaguar uh spirit. Yeah, the really flying cool. cat thing. <laughs> yeah. That was really tight. Yeah. Just from top to bottom, that movie was so good. James, my next movie, monster movie, but modern, or relatively modern, Tremors, the original one. Ooh. <laughs> uh, was it Kevin Bacon, I think? I think so. Yeah. I Dude, that movie, holy shit. I, I never seen Tremors before, and I loved this. It's, it's so, it's like small town. It's just randomly, because there's like weird seismic activity. And Aren't the things these... called like grapplers? <laughs> Something like that. It's like these giant worms, though, that come and try to uh, eat everybody. And they have to basically survive. They figure out how to fight them. And you have Kevin Bacon, his friend. I forget his name already. And, like, the, the female was there. She was, like, a geologist student, I think. Or not a geologist. She was, like, a, a... It's been a really long time since I've seen this movie, so I forget almost all of it. Yeah, she was a... I think she was a seismologist, probably either geologist or seismologist because she's you know it's like the whole thing is like there's weird earthquakes and stuff land movements happening and it turns out there's all these worms under there and he got like the he got the fucking amazing i guess you could say they're like rednecks somewhat but like the the more uh apocalypse people that have a bunker 
and they're full like gun nuts and they have everything so, in yeah there. i did see so every once in a while i get movie clips recommended to me on youtube and i got that clip from the i think it's the first trimmers where like one of the grapplers busts through a wall and they just shoot it like a bajillion times for what feels like five minutes and they just kill it i love it because they just not they kill the shit you're afraid like because time, you're like a, every time they ran out of bullets they just like grabbed another gun there were so many guns <laughs> and it, it's funny too because you know it's like in that mindset you always at least in the this day and age because there's people that just take guns at this point so they want to see anyone with a gun in a movie like that if these people were in a movie now everyone would probably want them to die which kind of sucks but like well it's like i have, uh, i personally have no problem with people having guns for like home defense which is like literally exactly what these people were doing yeah and they're also in the middle of nowhere so fuck it why not you know also like it's, it's pretty dope uh, like, and hunting if you live out in the middle of nowhere and you literally need to hunt for food then like yeah, a gun is like James. A those tool. guns were not used for hunting. No, for, for, no, 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 no. <laughs> those still, guns yeah, no. If, if you're if you're not in a fucking urban environment, that I honestly, you know, fuck it. That, seems, that looks that's fine to me. Whatever. Yeah. But like, uh, <laughs> I I loved watching um the the woman in the red the red haired woman because I kept looking at her and I'm like she looks so familiar i'm like i know her from somewhere and i am hearing her voice and i'm like she really sounds really familiar because when i was younger i remember my mom and sisters watching a show called reba and it's like that country singer reba mcintyre and i'm looking at her and i'm like you know she looks just like reba mcintyre but like a lot younger and stuff and like like, reba was in that movie yeah and then i look at imdb and i'm like Son of a bitch, that's fucking Reba McIntyre. And then, like, at the okay, film's credits... I gotta credits, watch Tremors again. Bro, at the film's credits, she's, like, it's a Reba McIntyre song, and I'm like, motherfucking Reba McIntyre. Is Reba, did you hear the credits song? Dude, oh my Reba God. McIntyre is in Tremors and literally shoots up one of the worms. I was like, this is fantastic. But the movie itself, like, it makes you like the people in the... like it's a very simplistic thing and you have your average little small town a very very small town and all the people there are just ridiculous um and you enjoy them very fast like they're really you get it you don't get like attached attached but you're like i i enjoy these characters i don't really feel like seeing any of them die and like one of the dudes is kind of obnoxious as hell and you're like ron you, you fucker run you little shithead because <laughs> he keeps fucking up it was like this dude that's playing basketball with nobody and shit but um the dude that movie is so much fun there's like a girl a little girl with a pogo stick to which i was watching the movie and i was like i forgot that pogo pogo sticks existed in the real world i completely forgot that was even a thing i would actually love if wow kids should use those again those things are probably great that that should be something kids play with they should afford a bike get a pogo stick get a pogo stick and uh just watching if i remember if i remember correctly she they're like trying to kill her and she's just on the pogo stick i think at one point trying to get away or something i don't remember anymore but like uh it was like that kind of comedic horror i guess because it wasn't really it's not a scary movie oh no but it's just like I, a, it's a it's it's a very fun monster movie. yeah i don't think tremors was meant to be taken seriously yeah and i uh we do want to eventually get to the sequels like at least the second one i do uh people say the second one is at least like four watch. of them or something they just came out with a new one on oh an God, island really yeah <laughs> apparently uh but yeah it was it was just really fun to watch and i highly enjoyed it like kevin ba- 
Because it's it's just a fun '80s movie. You got Kevin Bacon, like it's just it's ridiculous. Reba McIntyre, um, go watch it. It's basically these people trying to survive, and they're like trying to kill off these worms one by one, but also they're getting killed off as well, and they're just trying to figure out how to survive as they adapt to like the way these creatures think. Because it's like these underground worms. I don't think they can see, but they can hear and shit. So it's like. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I thought it was a pretty smart movie for its time, like uh, what it was trying to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a cult classic. Yeah. Like, there's it's a reason fantastic. why people still talk about it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, definitely watch Tremors. It's a, it's a fun time. Yeah. All right. Back to you, James. So I'm going to choose to do one that I watched more recently just because I have a lot of disdain for it. <laughs> uh, I watched Hellstrom after it came to Netflix. Sorry, no, uh, Hulu, because I was just like... So is... Is that Marvel Hellstrom? Yes, it is based it off is. of Marvel's uh, Damien okay. Hellstrom character. Who's the son of Mephisto, right? Yes, and I fucking hated it. It was so boring. Like, okay, so... Do you think they were trying to compete with Lucifer? I don't know if they were trying to complete, uh, compete with Lucifer. It's possible, but like... To me, it felt like they tried to reduce Hellstrom to... not Maybe not ne- is it necessarily reduced, because he's also an interesting character... It feels like they tried to turn Hellstrom into uh, Constantine, who it's like they uh, they, so mentioned... they were still trying to compete though. Then right? Yeah. So like they mentioned okay. that he has, you know, some sort of demonic powers. So does his sister, but they also seem to use him more as just like a person who's good at exorcisms. Like, that's basically all he's good at is exorcisms. He's still, like, a professor of philosophy or, or ethics or something at some university. But I don't know. It's just, like, they, they spent the entire season teasing out his father. And they never once actually say Mephisto. They just say that his father is someone incredibly dangerous, someone incredibly evil. They also, at some times, try to... It's really weird. They try to, like, do two different styles for this show where there are are absolutely, definitively supernatural things going on. Like, demons for sure exist. People get possessed. Shit, we see Hellstrom control fire and his sister and he have, like, telekinetic abilities. But there are times where they try to make it seem like uh, Damien Hellstrom is a skeptic and he doesn't believe in all this shit. (laughs) Like there's a scene where they, uh, they need to go back to his sister's, uh, warehouse where she's like a, uh, antiquities dealer. And she got like a demon skull and like put it in her, uh, vault to like hold on to for a bit. And they find out that they need that skull because, and they do this a lot in the show where they just tell you that this is how it has to be for, and they don't give you an explanation why. They're just like, oh, hey, that demon skull that you had was a keeper demon skull. So that would be the only way, and they don't say why, and it's obviously not true later. They say it's the only way to contain their father's soul who is now free. So they think. And I'm like, well, why is that demon skull the only thing? It seems like that was just your first idea, and you're like, let's go with that. And so they go all the way back to her place to get the skull, and they witness, or they see a dead body there because one of her coworkers has, like, been corrupted by the skull, and he's gone crazy, and he's killed a dude. And he just, like, left 
left the body. And so they immediately go to the security tapes to go see, like, well, what the fuck happened here? And uh, his sister, who, oh, God, I forget what her name is in the comics. Satana? I don't even fucking remember what they called her in this show. It's like a normal ass show, uh, name, like Emma or something like that. So she's like, no, we got to stay on, uh, on target. We got to figure out where the skull went because we got to take care of our like literal demon evil father, like roaming around killing people. And Damien's like, Anna, are you crazy? You're talking like a crazy person. There's a murder victim in your vault. We need to call the police. And I'm just like, Dude, are you fucking serious? You're acting like you've never seen demons or anything before. Like, you literally came here for a demon skull and you're going like, and you're acting like, oh, this isn't supernatural what's happening here. We gotta just call the authorities. It's like, so it just felt like there was a lot of poorly thought out bad writing in the show. Uh. And it just never got interesting. Like, there's this one character who's a nun in training, and she seems to know Hellstrom in the beginning. So I thought that they worked together. Like, I thought that she worked for him finding cases to exercise, but she just seems to somehow be aware of him because the church is aware of him. And by the end of the season, she gets, like, completely disillusioned by God. And it's just like, I don't believe in anything anymore i just care about killing demons because they're evil they're all evil including damien which was a complete 180 for her character which made no fucking sense uh i there was one scene where damien i thought that they were going to do the full-on damien hellstrom flaming eyes and like glowing pentagram on his chest and everything because he was trying to exercise a demon from his own body and he just ends up, like, fucking dying. <laughs> like, yeah, he gets better. But yeah. <laughs> he literally, like, just dies. His eyes get burned out of his skull. Ah, uh, yes. And then the episode ends. The next episode starts up. And they're like, oh, well, he's dead. Send him to the morgue. Turns out the demon is still in his body. So he's like, oh, cool. I just have, like, a free meat suit now. And he just, like, regrows. As his, his tradition. Yeah, he just regrows his eyes. And it's like, oh, so what was the point of re? of burning out the eyes in the first place like to just tease me that you could do the full-on damien hellstrom look and you're just not gonna so fuck this show it's just so boring and nothing came of it i seriously doubt there'll ever be a season two so fuck it oh my god okay yeah i i remember um looking because i see it on there on hulu and I, I look at the description and it says nothing that might made me think it was a marvel related yeah. show so i was like is this is it or isn't it and then now that you told me i'm like oh it's okay yeah. i'm not gonna watch it i'm I, gonna skip it because another I'm, I'm fine to skip with that yeah it's really not worth your time another huge issue i had with it was that they were never clear exactly what demons are and what they can do so Ooh, there's some okay. shit that happens where you're just like is this like part of the rules i don't understand i was so confused for the whole show because they just never explained anything Gotcha. All right. My next movie chase <laughs> is uh, the 1933 King Kong, the original Ooh. King Kong film. I actually had never seen it before. So that was uh, really interesting, to say the least. Uh, 
I really like the, because, you know, it's very old. This is like 20 years before Godzilla comes out. So it's like, it felt claymation-y for sure at certain points. Oh, yeah, no, there were definitely, uh, I, th- I think the model for the original King Kong is only like a foot or two high. Like, it, yeah. it was stop motion for the most part. Yeah, so they, there's a lot of, uh, like, just doing that. And then you the little, like, you see the little people in his hands. And they're just like, ah! He's fucking moving around. Of course, like Kong's face is fucking hilarious too. Just because you know the movie's aged, of course, but it's still a classic, definitely a classic. And I cracked up though because uh, the the amount of things that just happen and also with this movie, James, is in the 1930s. So there's some I would say questionably racist things in this movie. Oh uh, no! <laughs> uh, there's a Chinese part of the uh, Chinese a Chinese character who is part of the crew of the ship. That's going to the island. And James, his name is Charlie. Oh. And when he talks, he, he talks in the third person. Okay. I mean, that's so, some people I do don't, that. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to do it. And the way he says it, but he would be like, Oh no, it's that Charlie, kind. Charlie, Charlie gonna, Charlie saw this, Charlie gonna do this or Charlie, Charlie saw the crew attack this. So they take like, like um, the one Asian character. They're like, let's make him simple. <laughs> Yeah, and he, of course, does it in the full, you know, Chinese accent that they try to make for him. So, uh, just think of what I said, but then in that style, because I don't I don't really feel like doing that right now. Uh, yeah, I, I feel you. <laughs> uh, so, uh, at one point, you know, like, uh, the, the dudes are trying to shoot a movie at this crazy island, and there's a bunch of natives there, and it's supposed to be like, you know, these natives that really don't come in contact with people, and it's all these black natives and stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, do they play them as just straight up savages? Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm. uh, but it's, you know, it's a uncharted Island, I guess, technically that you yeah. need like a special map to. And at one point the natives kidnap the female movie star and that's how she gets like taken by Kong. And of course, Charlie's the one that alerts the crew being like, Charlie, see, we'd be invaded right now. And it's just like, God damn it. Uh, and, they basically have to, you know, go through the jungle to rescue the the damsel from the massive monkey. And through it, everyone dies. <laughs> like, uh... There's, like, straight-up oh, dinosaurs and shit all over the place. Straight-up, like... It, it, apparently, so, I didn't realize, but this is before uh, people... They didn't classify dinosaurs yet. As oh, really? carnivores and herbivores. Oh. So huh. in this movie, there's like a triceratops and brachiosaurus trying to eat people. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Like all the all, all the herbivore dinosaurs are straight up carnivorous monsters <laughs> that are just like trying to just eat everyone. And I'm just like, what the fuck is happening right now? And one of my friends, uh, like one of my buddies, uh, he's really, as much as I'm a Godzilla fan, he's like a Kong fan. Mm. Which is why when Godzilla vs. Kong comes out, I have to beat the shit out of him in front of our friends to prove something. But, like, um, it will happen. Don't worry about it. (laughs) I just have to do it. You'll be Godzilla's champion. He'll be uh, King Kong's champion. Yeah, someone beat the shit out of him. You won't even watch the movie. You'll just fight each other and be like, see, Godzilla wins. No, I'm just going to bop him on the head. He'll get one of those cartoonish fucking uh, bumps and then he's going to fall down because I'm not going to lose to him. But anyway, uh, he he's like, yeah, this is they didn't really know dinosaurs yet. And we're like, oh, 
okay, because, yeah, this doesn't make any sense right now. And there's, like, a cut-out scene that we watched later on that I guess was too much for theaters at the time. But, like, at one point, all these guys run across the bridge, and, like, Kong basically shakes the bridge and kills them all, and you think they all die from falling off a cliff. And the way it shows them fall, you're like, oh, these dudes are fucking dead. And then in, in this deleted scene, it shows they're all alive, and they're getting up, and all of these different types of creatures come out of the woodwork and one by oh. one these dudes all get got by them there's like a creepy crab thing uh, like a, a, te- oh, a tentacle they, monster they did uh, like a scorpion scene, monster they did that scene in the uh, peter jackson movie yeah i think yeah you brought it back and stuff uh and we were just watching it horrified like what the fuck is that shit because uh, we watched a separate youtube video of it though and dude it's it's just it is actually at the time like i i would see at the time how freaky that would be because it's kind of it's kind of gruesome for the for the 30s and uh the rest of the film like you know they get through they get the monkey they kidnap the monkey they put the monkey there and then kong's just like fucking get me out get me out of this city and then starts fucking up the city uh grabs a woman through the window goes this isn't the one i'm looking for fucking tosses her (laughs) dude straight up it there was a scene we we could not believe our fucking eyes there's a woman who they, they design it like she's not supposed to be, like, at the level of the movie actress. Like, she's mm. not the movie actress's level of attractiveness at the time, like, of what they're, per, of the perception of what she's supposed to be. So, and like, the actress is a 10, and the this lady is, like, an 8. A 6 or something. Or, oh, I don't okay. fucking know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to be an asshole or anything. It's basically, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, like, one's an actress, one's, like, a famous movie star actress, one is it. Like, that's I what see. The, the, okay. Yeah. And so... Um, she is, uh, sleeping in her bed, just minding her own business in her, in her fucking apartment, sleeping in her bed, a fucking giant ape comes to the building, looks through the window and goes, oh, hey, look at that. Grabs her and starts shaking her and then fucking drops her to her death. So imagine just literally a normal night, James, you're just sleeping a normal night. You wake up in the hands of a monkey and fall to your death instantly. That's a little horrifying. That's that's a little horrifying. I was like, they they really did that in the movie. That I felt so bad for that woman. I was like, that that was so uncalled. <laughs> it was so uncalled for. I felt I was just like, God damn that. That just like I guess they they had to give you some reason why you wouldn't feel bad that Kong died. I guess they they make like it feel... he, they took him out of his home and everything, but you know it's. He ends up climbing the Empire State Building and just like getting shot at and died, or and falls off and dies. Yeah, and it, it's supposed to be a whole thing of you know, it's like who's the real monster yeah. and all this other stuff, and is is it man and everything else? But it, they do a, it's just a crazy time. It's it's a crazy fucking time. Um, I would definitely say so. Like all these movies I'm talking about, a lot of the a lot of the old monster movies are all on HBO Max. Like you could watch it right there, mm-hmm. and it was interesting watching this again. It was, uh, it was, it was real, it was really something I'll tell you, but, uh, I had a good time with it. It, it was really cool to just see of, if anything, the, probably the most interesting part was just the way they were able to do all the stop motion. Like that was probably the best part of the film. Um, watching it, I was like, they, they really shouldn't let Kong beat Godzilla cause that would be fucking stupid. Uh, <laughs> but you know, yeah, but overall it was, it was fun. I, I enjoyed the movie, James. Uh, King Kong, 1933. <laughs> All right. 
So I'm going to talk about one of the Sasha Baron Cohen movies I watched recently. I'm oh, not no. going to do Borat first because you haven't gotten to that. But Yeah, uh, I need to watch that. So I watched The Trial of the Chicago 7, which I've... I have like some uh, recollection, not recollection, because obviously I wasn't alive at the time, but like I, I've heard of this case before and I think it's, I only really heard about the very end of it. Uh, so most of the uh, stuff that was covered in this movie, I was not aware of. And dude, it, it is so important for today because like it's. So many of the themes that they uh, tackle in this movie are exactly what we're dealing with now. Of like, are feeling the the citizens of America just not feeling like the government is listening to them and what they want, and the government is just doing whatever it it thinks is necessary. Which at the time was the Vietnam War. So this whole uh. movie, like the, it is essentially like this is. I don't know about if it's the first, but at least it was one of the first political trials where they didn't, it wasn't called that at the time, but it was very clearly like, this was not a truly criminal trial. It was not a civil trial. This was brought forth because the government wanted to make an example of someone. And so apparently there was a riot in uh, the 70s and I and I don't I'm really bad at history so I wouldn't remember the exact year but it was during the Vietnam era uh the a bunch of people descended on the um the Democratic National Convention during an election year uh because they knew that like this there would uh, there were going to be a lot of cameras on this event because there's it's an election year yeah. This is where we can go to get some free pu- uh, publicity and get our message out that, like, the Vietnam War is just a slaughterhouse. It's just killing Americans and Vietnamese people for no reason. So they don't tell you exactly what happened initially because they, they try to keep it, like, uh, a mystery of, like, what actually happened? What are they actually on trial for? Because uh, the government was trying to say, like, oh, they're on trial for starting a riot. But the other guys were like, well, we didn't start that riot. Like, we tried to stop it. We we just happened to be there, and the government doesn't like the message that we have that we need to stop this war. And so Sasha Baron Cohen plays one of the, uh, the hippies on the trial, and there were, like, seven people that were chosen, basically, to be the representatives of the different political groups that came to Chicago to ha- have their message heard. And like later on, you find out exactly what started the riot and it becomes sort of a question of like, well, who's really responsible. But a lot of it was like talking about police brutality, how they like the government was literally using police forces at the time to try to make sure that, people not invited to the DNC were not allowed to speak. And so the, the people in this trial that were aware that like, this is a sham, they're not going to give us a true trial. Like, why don't, why not use it as an excuse to like, if everyone's going to be watching this trial, let's use it as an excuse to finally get our message out. And I guess 
a little bit spoilers, like, but this is, I mean, this actually happened in, in real history. This is why I, I think it's such an impactful thing. So when given the chance for their final arguments or final uh, closing statement, the yeah. defense decided to go with literally they had just kept a record of every single person who had died every single american soldier who had died in vietnam since there they were arrested like six months ago before the trial started and it was like five thousand names and like so that's kind of how the the movie fades to an end is like them listing off the names and, and their ages and i was like again almost about to cry because it's like dude most of the people that were that they uh, the names that they were giving were like 18 19 20 years old like Damn. not even like full-on adults in my opinion like and it's just fucking crazy that our government at one time was like yeah whatever they're they're just we just need to send soldiers over to this war and we don't care how bad it's going we need to win because a loss would look bad for us so and I'm doing a really bad job of drawing connections to like today, but it's there were a lot of themes in this movie where I was like, holy shit, people need to see this now because it's crazy that this shit's been going on for so long and it's happening again now. It feels like it anyway. So I thought it was a very thought provoking movie and a very well done narrative. Damn, and it's also it's something it, I... even more interesting is that it's based on true events. Like my dad remembered this. I bet if I ask my family, they probably know for sure, too. I I definitely, like, it's something I do need to watch, especially just... It, it's also, I mean, like, it's it, it doesn't honestly sound like something that's surprising at all, just kind of the country's no, dark history, it, easily, like, which is a very, very, very big, dominant history, if oh, you really think for about sure. it. People just don't like to act... Like, people like to act like it doesn't exist and act like, oh, yeah, we're, we're great. It's that's like, a, and uh, that's the thing. It's like, I feel like... And it's not to say that, like, oh, no, America is evil and terrible and we shouldn't like it at all. It's like, no, there's a lot of things to like about this country, but it's like, we can't ignore that this country has done some crazy shit in the past yeah so I mean, you, it's, I, like you people said people get angry when you try to make up for it <laughs> it's yeah. like why do you mean so it's just like i feel like more people <laughs> should see movies like this movie that try to make a point of highlighting that this shit is not new this shit's been happening for a long fucking time and it's probably going to keep going for a long fucking time if we don't if we're not aware of it, that, that this happens and a lot of people just i don't think are either have been made aware of these things or don't want to be aware of them. And maybe yeah. it's a little bit more palatable when it's like a movie that has one of your favorite actors like Sasha Baron Cohen in it. I don't yeah. know. You know, stubbornness is in a, a big American trait. James. Uh, I, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, my next one is another Godzilla movie, James. Oh boy. <laughs> so from Chicago nine to seven uh, or seven. Sorry. Chicago's out of this. Uh, Godzilla Raids Again. This is the second Godzilla film. I think it was like 1956, I want to say. Um, there was like one character that came back for this. It was like the uh, paleontologist that talked about dinosaurs and stuff in the original Godzilla movie. And they bring him back as a an advisor just because these, these, uh, these pilots land into this island where they find Godzilla fighting a new monster randomly and they're like wait there's a second godzilla and everyone's like oh jesus christ <laughs> and uh the second monster is in gears and they go there's a second monster and everyone's like oh jesus christ <laughs> um it's a very 
I remember the first time I watched it, just because it, it's like, if I remember correctly, it was still black. It was like one of the other black and white movies before they went to color. And it was, at the time, I guess, when I was younger, it felt kind of boring. And it felt like it was like an over two hour long movie. Mm. And then I looked at the time, the actual duration, watching it now in Japanese, and I'm like, bro, this movie is like... 72 minutes oh wow (laughs) and i'm like how did i think it was so long and i watched it now and it made so much more sense it was definitely um it definitely felt like one of those movies where if you're older you'll understand understand it a lot more than you would as a kid specifically for this one but you have these two monsters fighting and uh if i remember correctly there's like pilots that are trying to freeze them they're like dropping these freeze bombs on them to try to just like freeze them sit on to deal with them and like a bunch of pilots die but it's one of the it's one of the not as um it's a a less memorable godzilla film to a point where i don't even think you've seen this one to be honest and it's still good i like it especially like at one point when you watch them both fight i can't remember if it looked like it was two people in suits fighting or if it was, like, two puppets fighting. <laughs> like, you see, like, the strings, and they're like, oh, fucking shit. You're just and, banging them together. Yeah, you're just like, ah, oh, so it didn't have the budget of the first one, but they were like, let's go again. Uh, and you could see this is, like, where the franchise, this is where the beginning of Godzilla versus another monster starts. Mm. And it leaves the, uh, the thought of kind of like the nuclear thought of the original movie. Because it's like the original movie as a very much standalone film is more of a like uh, a statement oh uh, yeah it's it's the, the whole it's trying to make a point of like the dangers yeah. of nuclear uh, uh radiation but also i guess just nuclear testing yeah. and nuclear just nuclear power mm-hmm. and godzilla raids again is the beginning of let's watch monsters fight <laughs> which isn't bad at all i love fucking obviously i love these movies but it's it's interesting seeing that this was the real foundation of it as, as it gets into it and seeing like uh, no, not many people think about it because, of course, like the more iconic ones we saw in King of the Monsters is like Moth or Ghidorah, Rodan mm-hmm. uh, for the monsters that Godzilla interacts with. But Anguirus is still like the original monster that wasn't Godzilla that appeared in a Godzilla movie. And uh, some monsters that appeared in Godzilla later had their own movies first. Anguirus uh, only started in this. He wasn't in his own movie. He didn't have something else. I never knew so, that. Yeah. And it's fun, too, because Anguirus is Godzilla's first enemy, but also is, at the same time, one of his earliest allies. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's his best friend. Yeah, like, I've only ever known Anguirus as, like, Godzilla's buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's the only time they ever fight. Um, besides, well, yeah, technically. That is the time they technically have ever fight. Uh, and besides, like, Final Wars, because he was, like, under uh, the alien control and shit. But that was, and then Godzilla kicks him, like, a soccer ball and shit. Yeah. That was weird. <laughs> But yeah, there's not much else to say about that movie. It's just like, like I said, it's not one of the more memorable ones, but watching it now in Japanese and just as an adult instead of as a kid, definitely it makes it a lot more sense. And especially I remember watching it at school and I was just like, I'm kind of bored. (laughs) And we were watching it in English too, though. I don't know. It just, it just felt weird at the same time. But now it's like a lot easier to, to bear through. Uh, Yeah, that's, that's another one. That's my, my fifth my fifth one james that's my fifth movie uh, we're getting through it so i recently watched the haunting of bly manor which is Ooh, how is that so it's the second it's not exactly the second season of the show the haunting of hill house 
What? A, uh, but it's like in that same style of show. It, it seems like they're doing like a, a haunting anthology series where they just do different haunted houses. And isn't it based on the original movie, like The Haunting? Weirdly enough, well, I don't know about that one. Uh, that's very possible, but like, because the haunting is like the you know, have you seen that one where it's like the house itself is haunted because it's like the the spirits of those that died in there. Oh man, I don't know if I have. It sounds so familiar. Uh, but this one was based off of an old book uh, or novella. It's not a very long story. It's called the the Turning of the Screw, and it was actually okay. fairly. Um, accurate to the book for the most part i mean they took a lot of artistic licensing just because it's it's hard to turn like a short story into a whole season of a show they they covered a lot of the broad uh, strokes but they also have had a lot of themes from the first season of like time not necessarily being linear for those who are dead and there were some interesting revelations of like oh this person was dead the whole time that's fucking crazy uh but I don't know if this uh, season is going to be as well-liked as the first season because there there were a lot of really interesting um, revelations in the first season. In the, I don't even know if I should say first season. The first show because... Well, not because. I don't want to go into the first one uh, too much because I, I don't want to take too much time. But I, the turning of the screw is a very... Well, not a super old story, but it's like 100 years old. So back when okay. it came out, the kinds of things that would unnerve and scare people are not quite as scary today. So in that book, the primary fear was that this nanny was watching these supposedly incredibly sweet young children, like almost impossibly perfectly nice children, uh, slowly become seemingly corrupted by these ghosts that she was seeing around the house that uh used to work in the house and so they like friends at school uh what you know how your friends at school would be like don't hang around those people at school they're gonna corrupt you well yeah kind of exactly like that and the idea was that uh in part of what made the book so uh popular at the time was that there was just enough ambiguity whether the ghosts were even real or was the nanny uh, imagining them the whole time and were the were the kids ever really as sweet and perfect as they first came on or were they just putting on a show so that they could act out later and get away with it but this show is just like no straight up ghosts ghosts are a thing it's all ghosts uh yeah and it's a very very entertaining show and it was really well done but you know a lot of people probably turned this season on expecting it to be scary like the first season was and honestly this one was more sad than anything like oh really it's it's got a lot of emotion to it and i want to just take a moment to shout out rahul cooley i keep meaning to like send him like a direct message on instagram or twitter or something like that because like uh i first became aware of him in uh i zombie and i i thought he was a really great actor i thought he's really fun I think he also plays uh, one of the characters, new characters in Gears 5. Yeah, he plays the asshole. Yeah, that guy. Uh, but there's a scene in this season where he's talking about how he lost his mother to Alzheimer's. And uh, and just by the time she was gone, he had like she she had forgotten everyone and everything like a year before she actually died. So and it was 
so well acted that monologue it was so sad that it it actually made me cry really? and so yeah. like shout out to Rahul Cooley he is a good actor and honestly I follow him on Twitter he just seems like a fun dude too but that scene was probably my favorite scene of the show because it was just so emotionally driven and well done and it's a fun show overall it's just it's gonna have a lot of themes from the original book that maybe don't play as well today like the the kids are still like impossibly sweet and nice and just the whole time you're like no no kid fucking acts like that (laughs) and granted that sweet and nice or corrupted uh sweet and nice Oh, okay. Like, you expect kids to be little shits from time to time. <laughs> Hello, Grandpapa. Hello, Grandmama. And yeah. And, uh, Darling to meet you. Also, one of the things from the original book was, like, the the person who hires the nanny is like, these are my niece and nephew. Uh, their parents died recently. And I'm a very, very bu- busy businessman. I do not have time to take care of these kids. I'm going to send you to my house at Bly Manor or my house Bly Manor where the kids are and you're just going to live there and you're going to take care of them. You're going to school them and everything. Uh, Just one stipulation. Never, ever call me. I'm too busy to handle this shit. So just don't bother me. And so that's why like the entire book, even when like crazy weird shit was happening, the nanny was just like, well, but I can't bother the uh, the Lord or whatever. Uh, or, so it, it was just kind of unbelievable that she didn't just like take the kids and leave at some point just because some guy told her don't do that. But in this, in the show, they still try to do the whole like don't bother me thing, but they don't really adhere to it super well because okay. <laughs> there's literally ghosts going around and shit like that. So, Sir, there's ghosts here. This is a Wendy's. Yeah, and I did like the revelation that explains why ghosts were getting stuck in that house, particularly. Uh, but layovers. I I don't want to spoil it because it's. I mean, this show, this season was pretty. It came out like a month or two ago. It's not really not that long ago, so it's pretty. I still have to watch the first one. They're both w- well worth watching. They're both really well done shows. The only thing that's a little bit weird is that like American Horror Story, there will be actors... Oh, God, fuck that shit. Yeah, there will, there will be actors in both seasons that are just completely different characters. Because they're just okay. like, oh, let's just take the same actors and just have them do different roles for different stories. For the most part. Okay. I never liked American Horror Story. That was, <laughs> I never liked that show. All right. Uh, my next movie, James... The sequel to King Kong 1933, Son of Kong. So, this movie, actually, they're able to get the same cast uh, in terms of the captain, the filmmaker, the uh, (laughs) Charlie, the Chinese cook of the the boat. These three characters come back. Wait, they brought Charlie back? Really? They bring Charlie back, dude. Charlie, Charlie still needs to cook on that boat. Uh, so this is an interesting, uh, uh, just, so the whole thing is, uh, I didn't realize how direct this was to the previous movie because they straight up go and they're like, oh, the director is dealing with the repercussions of his actions. Uh, everyone is suing him. Everyone's after him. 
for bringing a giant ape that terrorizes the city, causes a shit ton of damage and deaths, and they're all blaming him for it. So he's like, I gotta get the fuck out of here, and, like, I can't afford to pay off everything. And he finds a map to get back to the island, because there's a treasure there, apparently. And so, uh, or wait, no, 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 that's not what happens. He, he basically goes to the captain, who's also in trouble, and is like, hey, I have an idea. Let's leave. And the captain's like, okay. So they just bounce and just go around, like, the Pacific Islands and stuff, just hanging out at places. And Charlie's there, and they have, like, a new little crew that's not as big as the previous crew. And they end up, like, getting... Uh, they talk to, like, this woman that works in this, like, two-man circus. It's, like, her and her dad, who's an alcoholic who gets killed by this other sailor, who turns out to be the sailor that sold the filmmaker the map to the island in the first place. And then is going, hey, did you know there's a treasure there? As a, just a way to get out of the island, to get on a boat somewhere. And the guy's like, oh, I didn't. So this dude's like... Hey, I want to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with you guys for this treasure since I told you about the treasure, and then he also somehow gets the owner of the circus killed because he's a, also a drunk and an asshole, and <laughs> that dude dies. The daughter gets pissed, knows it's him, sneaks aboard the ship because she has nothing left there either, and she likes the filmmaker, and so they're on a boat. They go to the island. While they're there the sailor starts basically talking to the crew or like the, the drunk dude who's like a, a jackass starts talking to the crew being like, Oh, you know, like the last crew that went all died on this like expedition and they'll do the same thing to you. You should all like, uh, he's just like basically undermining everything, just trying to be like a sneaky bastard. So when they get to the Island, the crew basically just goes like, Hey, we know what you did to the other crew. So fuck you. Uh, this is our boat now, we're taking over. And they force the the woman, the captain, and the filmmaker onto the boat. And then Charlie goes onto the boat, and Charlie's like, oh, Charlie doesn't want to be here. <laughs> Charlie's going to go with the filmmaker and the captain. Fuck these guys. <laughs> so Charlie goes with them. And uh, then the, uh, the, the shitty-ass dude is like, I'm in charge now. And the sailors look at him and go overboard with you too because fuck you no we know you're a piece of shit <laughs> so that dude who basically causes a mutiny and fucks everyone over gets thrown over too and so the five of them go back to the island and or no four five yeah five of them go back to the island get chased by a triceratops and separated and they find another king kong who is the son of kong james so it's a, a oh. smaller smaller king kong who's really friendly and is actually becomes friends with the filmmaker and the woman. And uh, it's hella funny because they work together to fight like a monster at one point. I forget if it was like a T-Rex or some other type of monster. But uh, I think a Triceratops eats the shitty guy. Because, you know, Triceratops eat people. Right, right. So Triceratops eats uh, the, the shitty bastard dude. And then they actually end up fighting. The dude was lying about the treasure, but they find a treasure anyway. But when they take the treasure, it causes the island to explode or like what? the island starts sinking or something. So they're trying to escape. It's either that or some seismic activity. I forget what it was, but uh, they get to like uh, the small little dinghy boat or something. And the last two left is the son of Kong 
and the filmmaker, because at one point Sung Kong gets uh, in trouble and they save him, so Sung Kong is actually helping them. And they all get into the boat, and the Son of Kong and the filmmaker get out, but the Son of Kong dies getting the filmmaker out. So Son of Kong dies, and he's like, oh, he saved my life. All right, who's, we're rich now, all right. So he basically gives two shits about the monkey, <laughs> and it's like, we got the treasure. And he goes to the woman, he's like, stick with me, doll, and we're going to be rich. Or he's like, you're going to be famous or some shit. And basically, the moral of the story is that he got his money. Well, that's how it ends? Yeah, they ba- he got the money to pay people back and oh going back. <laughs> so Charlie the cook, the captain, the filmmaker, and the, the circus woman uh, head back to New York. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned dinghy. absolutely nothing. <laughs> there was no point of any of it. It was fantastic. It was so, it was so ridiculous. Um, Did I, the I don't filmmaker know. need a redemption arc, really? <laughs> uh, I don't know, dude. It was, it was a very wacky movie, and we're like... There, we after watching it, we realized that we we were like, okay, we see why only people know about the nineteen thirty three Kong and not the Son of Kong. But we're glad we watched it because it was just. I think we some of us liked it more because it was so ridiculous, mm. and just stupid. But yeah, no, it was it was an interesting time to say the least. Oh man, and that that is uh, movie number six. Uh, James, looking at my list, I barely dented it. It's oh like I I think I did ten percent or like. I think I did like, I think I did like fifteen percent. I'm like <laughs> mostly done. There's a few more things uh, I could talk about. We got we're about it's about to be three o'clock. Yeah, uh, we're almost we're, an hour in. I still got like we're an hour and twenty one minutes in currently. I got like f- five or six more things. Do we want to stop here and um? just get to them when we can whenever i guess uh you know what i i, I barely, did you start oh God, or did I, I start i started okay so how about we just finish it with one last thing that we could both talk about because it's been Is on my list lighthouse? for a while huh i totally forgot when you talked about the lighthouse i forgot to talk about the lighthouse when i watched the lighthouse oh. and i thought i already talked about it and it turned out i didn't <laughs> oh weird huh hey right. yeah let's talk about but, heavyweights uh, heavy oh my so god I, I watched it a while ago but dude you, like you told me to watch this movie and i was like yeah, i'll get to it at some point dude it was so fucking funny it's it a prequel to dodgeball prequel to dodgeball yes exactly <laughs> exactly james dude like the scene like first off it's just it's one of those movies that disney today would never make now because it's it's a whole movie it's basically fat about camp. fat shaming people <laughs> Like, it's like, oh, laugh at these fat little kids. They're like, oh, they like to hide candy and shit everywhere because they're too fucking fat to, like, you know, have some <laughs> self-restraint uh, or anything. Like, oh, oh they're, they're fat kids, right? They got to have, like, Twinkies in their beds, right? Like, what? No. They're fucking normal. Whatever. But, like, it really gets crazy when uh, Ben Stiller shows up and he's, like, an absolute, like, so there's the uh the title that goes around a health nut where it's just like oh this person just takes their health really seriously it's like no 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 no. this guy's fucking crazy for athletics (laughs) this guy is a a health a psychotic health um aggravator dude like at the very end of the movie (laughs) when he's like literally walking over glass barefoot just to prove like mental power is more important than anything it's like dude you've gone like fully insane (laughs) Dude, it's fantastic. I I love that movie so. It's such a good summer movie, 
Like, I'm so... I, I would be so sad if this movie didn't exist. It's such a fucking good movie. I, I love that movie so much. Heavyweights is like... Dude, it's great because it's like, oh, it's a fat kid summer camp. It's supposed to be these kids lose weight. They don't lose weight at all. Uh, <laughs> and, like, uh, it's funny, too, because eventually... I mean, they do take it seriously and they start working to, you know, better their health. Yeah. But at a more realistic attempt than insane ben stiller being like you gotta go crazy like me kids and they're like help me like yeah. i still dude the fact that he tricks a kid with the with the foil acting like it's a hershey's kiss and the kid's just too fat so he's like i want the hershey's kiss and uh. then he drinks out of the prison oh god that was so ridiculous i, I couldn't believe that happened it's just like i i put it on in the background i forget what i was doing at the time so i i probably missed a few scenes or like uh, some details but every time i was watching uh, the movie i was just like what the fuck is ben stiller doing this shit's insane like what the hell i love that one of the dudes that worked there was a thin guy that everyone made fun of because he was actually one of the few fat kids that actually did get thinner and actually did like like, stuck to it and stuff (laughs) yeah that is Uh, that is pretty funny like yeah the one skinny guy is the one who gets bullied at fat camp Oh god. And it's oh my god, it's such a it's just such a good man, nineties, eighties Disney was like pinnacle in terms of cause no one gave a shit. You could just do whatever. No one no one was like telling you that this is really wrong, it's gonna hurt people's feelings and shit. It's just like, yo, shut the fuck up. Let me just enjoy this movie. Like yes. just fucking <laughs> Back in the nineties, like, hey, you know what's funny? Fat kids. Fast forward to twenty twenty. How dare you fat shame me? Bruh, your Twitter accounts it's 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 we canceled it. It's over. It's, yeah. it's, it's dead. And it's and it's like no, I get it. it. It's like still bad. It's like obviously the whole premise is like they do a good job. Like it's it's supposed to be like the characters you you know and loving it are the kids at the fan camp oh, and yeah. like they end up having like all these great things. Like they they start trying to like, you know, be active and stuff, but also there's a group of like basically bros like a, a camp of like more disciplined dudes that they do like a was it was it Bob Cart no um um yeah there was some competition that they did I, I, I forget what the it's the it's the derby racing but it's like the it's the the cars the go kart I think it's go karts right uh, yeah yeah they do like the go kart race and the the fat camp wins over the other camp and it's like the whole point is like they're it's like not all about the shit and their discipline. It's like these these kids, if they work hard enough, they could still. Get oh done yeah, they do. wasn't one of the things like they had to do math, and the bros are just like, duh, I uh, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's an old um, what do you call it? Uh, just uh, I mean the whole thing is like it's supposed to be a bunch of uh, stereotypes and shit. Oh yeah, obviously in uh-huh. this movie, and. God, they just yeah, it's such a it's such it's such a fun it's such a fun movie. It's so good, cause it's all in good. Everything's all in good fun in this. It's such a great time. It's such a great time. I'm so glad it's there. Fucking heavyweights, James. Goddamn. It's one of those things where like if if I hadn't seen it, I wouldn't believe that it existed. <laughs> I know, right? Oh God, but I guess that's all we have time for, James. All right, so I knocked out six movies. I still have, let me, just including shows and movies, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 44. 
44 left. So I did six out of 50, James. I had exactly 50 and I got six done. Wow. I have like we six We did a whole left. episode. Yeah. I don't... How, the, what the fuck, man? The fuck? Help. Should I add help the me. books that I've been reading? <laughs> I mean, it's it seems like, James, if we do another episode like this, it's just going to be you listening to me. I'll try to comment. <laughs> just try to comment. How is it, though? I only got through six. <laughs> And there's still 44, and like that's not even episode. counting games. It's like your solo episode, like musings with Kamran. I, I, I just do a, a standalone one. And I'm like, listen, guys, it's just me talking here for like an hour and a half. You just record stuff. a fire, like to do this fire fireside sound. chat? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That'd be actually... <laughs> oh, you know, we'll see. Maybe, maybe I'll do a social Christmas episode where it's just like, help... <laughs> with Kamran Shushtar. <laughs> uh, Damn, is that is that crazy though? I only got through six. Dude, I didn't think that you had that many things on your list. I would have let you Dude, do like I two do. to every one of mine. No, I have a lot. I didn't even count before. I remember I said it was like oh, I think it's like over twenty. Oh yeah, it's like over forty four. It's forty four, and you know it's gonna increase again, right? Oh, like yeah. I'm gonna watch another movie this Thursday. It's still gonna keep going. So. <sighs> Well, I think this special kind of helped a little bit. Helped my list, for sure. It helped your list. It <laughs> kind of did for me a little. I don't know, yeah. So, yeah, I think in the future, James, unfortunately, what we're going to have to do to keep it, I'll do two and then you'll do one. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> are you okay with that? Yeah, no, that sounds perfect. Okay, cool. That way you still have a little bit there to just keep going off of two. Uh, but all right, guys, that is it for Sutra Side Talk, episode 72. If you want to contact us, give us any feedback, positive or negative, you can at uh, sutrasidetalk at gmail.com. You can also, of course, email there for any questions you want us to read on the show. You can also uh, follow, subscribe, like, or give a five-star review to the show on whatever platform you're listening on. That would totally help us out. You can also share the show uh, on social media, word of mouth to your friends and family. Uh, of course, retweet us when we tweet out the episodes or uh, post it. If we're on Instagram, uh, put that on your story. That would really help us out. Just uh, make it more aware to others. Just send it out there, guys. And of course, you can follow James on Twitter at InvaderJim124. You can follow me on Twitter at GoGoComzilla. And I totally forgot to say, you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram, both at Sutra Side Talk. Uh, that is it for this week. Uh, the next week, uh, it'll be after the consoles are out. But most likely, guys, just because we are skipping a week of news, that week will actually be in 73. So episode 73 will be uh, the week the console, the, the week that the consoles come out. Or no, wait, yes, yes, no. The, the, the week of the election week and the week that consoles come out will be the episode 73 topics, just like all the news from those two weeks. So if there's time to do more what we played and watched, I would love to do it to just knock a little bit more off but otherwise we'll we might not be able to do it we'll see what happens all right but until then enjoy the show and uh, watch heavyweights thanks for listening